another edition of the UK Law Weekly podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. Now, the keen-eyed amongst you will have noticed that the episode this week has an almost identical name to the episode from last week. In fact, the only difference is the citation. So again, we're looking at Evangelou and McNichol, but the citation this time is from the Court of Appeal and is 2016 EWCA Civil Division, page 817. So if you haven't already listened to the previous episode, then I definitely recommend you do that to get some background. But to sum up, the question before the Court of Appeal on appeal from the High Court is whether the Labour Party can restrict the number of voters who are voting in the current Labour leadership election between Jeremy Corbyn and Owen Smith. In particular, the freezing uh, date that the Labour Party imposed of the 12th of January 2016, essentially saying that unless um, Labour Party supporters paid a £25 fee within a certain two-day period, they would be unable to vote in the Labour leadership election. A number of Labour Party supporters challenged this, and so the question became before the High Court about what should be done. And we talked last time a little bit about how this wasn't really a question of constitutional law, even though the Labour Party is a major political organisation. It's really a question of contract law because the Labour Party is recognised for legal purposes as an unincorporated association. And so the contract that we're going to be looking at is the Labour Party rule book. And there were essentially two interpretations that could be put forward. So the um, members of the Labour Party argued that everybody should have the same rights and so everyone should be allowed to vote in the Labour leadership election. Labour itself had a different view on the matter and said that the National Executive Committee of the Labour Party, or the NEC for short, should be able to impose any limits that they want to in terms of the eligibility of who can vote in the leadership contest as per the rule book 2016. Now, in the first case in the High Court, the members actually won, and as we mentioned in the last episode of UK Law Weekly, the court was very keen to point out the democratic nature of the Labour Party and the impact of the Collins Review on Labour Party reform that had been undertaken during Ed Miliband's leadership before the 2015 general election. It was also a little bit controversial that the Labour Party decided to appeal this decision. In effect, they were using members' money to try and prevent other members from being able to vote in a leadership contest, which the Shadow Chancellor John McDonnell was very critical of. So the Labour Party, with the National Executive Committee, did appeal on two grounds. Firstly, that the NEC does in fact have the power to restrict who can vote in a leadership election, as we mentioned, per the Labour Party Rulebook 2016. And on the second ground, looking at this freezing date of the 12th of January 2016, the argument was that this uh, freezing date doesn't have to be prospective. In other words, the Labour Party can say, if you are a member on this date in the future, then you will be allowed to vote in the leadership contests. But in terms of the retrospective effect, they can also say, Only if you were a member before this date in the past are you allowed to vote in the leadership contest. And that latter formulation in terms of the looking back to the 12th of January is what happened in this case. 
the um, members of the Labour Party tried to argue that this retrospectivity went against the contract because when they signed up, the website said that they would be eligible to vote in the Labour leadership contest. And this was effectively a misrepresentation because then this retrospective rule was was applied. So on these two grounds of appeal, the Labour Party was successful on both grounds and the Court of Appeal essentially took a very literalist approach to interpreting this contract or the Labour Party rulebook. This is compared to the High Court where the judge in that case took a much more broader interpretation and looked more widely at the context of the contract. The main justification that the Court of Appeal gave was by citing Sir Thomas Bingham, who was Master of the Rolls in the case of Arbuthnot and Fagan from 1995. Bingham in this case essentially argues that contracts do not exist within a vacuum and the context for any particular contract is really important. But he goes on to say that this should not, quote, override the clear language of the instrument since whatever an author says is usually the surest guide to what he means, end quote. But I guess the question that we would really have to ask in responding to this decision is, is it really that clear what the Labour Party means through its rulebook 2016? If you go through the case, we can see clear arguments citing the rulebook in both cases for each side of the argument, whether that's the NEC or the members themselves. The NEC does certainly have the power per the rule book to limit the eligibility of those who can vote within a leadership contest. But this same rule book also makes claim that the Labour Party is a democratic organisation and that all of the members and supporters do have equal rights. And surely that applies to leadership elections as well as it would do in any other circumstances and other contexts. It's a real shame that the court hasn't truly understood the important context of the Labour Party as a major body within the political life of the United Kingdom. Even when trying to apply a contract in a really strict fashion, Surely this important political aspect is not something that the court should ignore or take lightly. It has the potential to have a huge impact on our democracy because it essentially disenfranchises a large number of people who are going to elect the leader of the opposition party in Parliament. Before we finish, it's worth mentioning who this is going to benefit. Now, those who listened last time when we reported on the High Court case will have noted that I said that around 120 to 150,000 new members would have been eligible to vote if the High Court decision had stood, and it was estimated that this would mostly benefit Jeremy Corbyn's campaign because an insurgency of new members seeking to support their leader would surely help him, in the same way that the same thing happened when he first won the leadership election contest last year in 2015. The obvious point then is that by the members losing this case in the Court of Appeal, that advantage for Jeremy Corbyn has now probably dissipated. It's not clear really whether this will affect the overall result, although it could affect any majority or mandate that Mr Corbyn does get from the eventual election in a few weeks' time. But the truth of the matter is that recent polls have shown Jeremy Corbyn to be up by around 22 points on his rival, and so the overall effect should be relatively minor for his cause. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you did enjoy it, make sure to leave a review on iTunes, 
and I look forward to bringing you more episodes in the future. Bye.